How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, May the 22nd as we head into Memorial Day weekend. Pretty wild having Memorial Day weekend this early in the calendar. It, it Unexpected. It feels like, you know, May 31st, May 30th, May 29th. That's generally when Memorial Day weekend happens. But this year, an early Memorial Day weekend. And look, uh, as um, you know, somebody who goes to work every day, still I feel incredibly lucky and fortunate to have that opportunity. But um, it is also nice to, to have a Monday off. So I will... I will I will take that Monday off. We'll be back on Tuesday, both for Philly's Day and, and general work, of course, and all that. But um, it is crazy. It has been a it's been a, a, a ride to get here, so to speak, a, a long slog, so to speak, as sports stopping on March 11th and then um, no sports for two and a half months. And now we're at Memorial Day weekend. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane to think about the fact that it's Memorial Day weekend. And we haven't had sports in so long. It's really just a. A reality I never expected to live in, and uh, and now we're in it, and we're we're grinding through it, and we can only hope that baseball's going to be back um, in the near future. Again, the we all know, uh, you know, no new developments heading into the weekend here. We're going to talk some once and for all, but quickly on that, the whole um, I'm getting tired of the public spat of it all, you know, and I know we've talked a lot about this, but just. Before we had no long weekend and, you know, this whole smoking gun thing that's come out where the MLB basically saying that the players knew that they might want to negotiate or whatever uh, was a smoking gun or whatever. I'm just, I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of, of baseball looking so bad in the public eye at a time where no one needs to see that. No one needs to hear about it. And that, look, the MLB owners have made a clear point of trying to demonize the players in public, of trying to put the onus on the players, basically saying, hey, you know, if baseball doesn't happen, blame these guys. And that's that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like to me is the owners and Major League Baseball making it seem like, hey, we're all good to go is on the players. And, and I think that's wrong. And, it, and it's upsetting. And at the same time, um, I also just don't care. I don't care. I don't care about your public posturing. I don't care about... Who has to eat what? I don't, you know, money-wise. I don't care. I don't care. There's so many people in this country facing real issues, real problems. Again, we're like 30-plus million people out of work, not to mention the people who are sick and, and, God forbid, dying. I mean, what are we doing? 
How is this still happening? How are we still publicly hearing you guys fight? Seeing you guys fight? It is so tone deaf. It is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for Major League Baseball. That's where I'm at. And I still am of the belief, as I've said all week, as I've said the last few weeks, that they will figure this out. And when it's all said and done, Rob Manfred's going to get in a room with whoever the hell he needs to get in a room with, and they will say, all right, enough. You do this. They'll do that. Let's make this happen. Like, I I, I believe it will happen, but I'm tired of watching it. I'm tired of the look for my favorite sport. Like, baseball looks horrible right now. They look horrible. Both sides. The owners and the players look horrible. And the owners, I believe, look worse but they're trying to make the players look damn bad, and that's making the players look bad to a lot of people too. So I'm just sick of it. I'm tired of it. Enough already. Enough. Figure it out, and don't do it in public. That's it. It's not that hard. Not that hard. So that's where I'm at right now. Let's move on before I yell some more. Um, once and for all, as uh, we've talked about this week, once and for all uh, debate going on at WIP this week, a fun way to... Spend the time without sports to settle some of the great all-time debates in WIP history. And the, the most recent debate discussed, being discussed today at WIP is the Gabe Kapler of it all. Is, is Did Gabe Kapler get a fair shake here in Philadelphia? And was Gabe Kapler a good manager? And I thought it'd be fun to discuss that here today. As, uh, as, as, as fired up as we get about Gabe, it doesn't even compare to how fired up... <laughs> I just got and will get about this whole situation way worse. So um, let's dive into it and and a little bit about Gabe and, and now the, the transition from Gabe and all that. First and foremost, um, when Gabe Kapler came here, I was actually a huge supporter. Um, I, and you can go back and listen to, to this show from then, you can go back and listen to I Hope's podcast from back then. I was very clear about the fact that I thought Gabe Kapler was the right hire for the team. I liked the hire. He was the guy I wanted them to bring in. I thought he was smart. I liked that he was analytically driven. I liked that he had played so recently and played for so long and was a baseball guy who could relate to today's players but also bring an analytical eye and bring a different way of going about things to an organization that certainly at the time sorely needed it. It was not the... You know, analytics maven type of thing that they are now, uh, you know, somewhat tongue in cheek, but also they have put a lot of resources into that. Um, so I really liked the Gabe Kapler hire, and I thought that he was the right guy for the job. I was wrong. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to. I was wrong. And um, I don't think that it's strictly because Gabe Kapler's a bad manager, because I don't think that. I don't, I don't think he's a bad manager. I don't think he's a good manager. Don't get me wrong. Do I think someday down the road maybe he can be? Yeah. I think, I think the potential's there. I think he's a really bright guy. He loves baseball. He understands baseball. Um, but he is flawed. He is a flawed manager and was certainly flawed here. Um, we'll get into the specifics of each of the reasons I don't believe in Gabe Kapler as a manager, but I, I think even more so. I think the biggest takeaway from the, the two years Gabe was here and what we saw from him and all that is that there has maybe never been a worse mix of person and city than Gabe Kapler in Philadelphia. I, he just didn't fit in Philadelphia. Right or wrong, facts. Gabe Kapler was not a Philly guy. 
And I'm a big cliches or cliches for a reason guy. There's a reason that, you know, a cliche is something that has become a cliche. There is some truth there. And the whole Philly guy thing is a super big cliche. I get it. I do. I get it. It's a cliche. But in this case, it's what it is. Gabe Kapler did not fit in Philadelphia. He just didn't. Like, Gabe would never succeed here. We can't, we need honesty. We need real. We need people who are going to be real with it. I mean, I'm sorry. For Gabe Kapler to, for two straight years, shine us on after every game in every situation, talk about how great his team is or find something good to talk about. Never throw his guys under the bus. Like, again, there's a nobility to that. I do appreciate the concept of, of I'm not going to throw my guys under the bus. Like, that's fine. All well and good. But you can't lose 15-2 to and then come tell me how in the fourth inning uh, Mike, Mike Franco had a great at bat or how the uniforms look great or whatever. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, it's just not something that's going to fly. Like, the city of Philadelphia, for better or worse, whatever you want to say, I think it's for better, but for better or worse, we're tough. We appreciate grinders. We appreciate honesty. We appreciate being real. And Gabe Kapler wasn't those things. Like, he just couldn't relate to us. He couldn't understand us. He couldn't be the person we wanted him to be. He had to be. He couldn't do it. Again, for after his first season, for Andy McPhail to say to him, you have to be more, you know, whatever he said, however he phrased it, but you have to be more real up there. You have to be more negative. You have to be more willing to, to be honest with these people and, and be negative. And then he still couldn't do it? Really? Really? Is that a real thing that happened? His boss said, hey, be more negative. You can't just come out with this rosy sunshine, all his great attitude. Like, that's not going to fly here, bro. Like, it won't work. And he still couldn't do it. He still couldn't do it. And look, do I think being that type of guy, having that type of attitude affects how good a manager you are? No. And thus, I don't think that that is something that, well, that's not fair. I do think it affects how good a manager you are, but not an X's and O's manager. I think what it affects is the idea that I think that the locker room, and we talked about this a lot last year, but the clubhouse, I think those guys in the clubhouse look at it and say, bro, Gabe, come on, man, be real. Like, even to a point where it's like, I think on one end, I am sure players appreciate not being thrown under the bus. I'm sure of that. But at the same time, I also think there needs to be accountability. That's where Gabe fell. There was no accountability. This guy came in here and on his first day or whatever said, I don't believe in alarm clocks. Guys can just get up and show up when they're ready. I, they'll, they'll, they'll get it done. They're men. I, like, that was asinine. From that moment forward, we should have been like, whoa, what is happening here? What kind of manager do we have here? There was no accountability in that locker room. None. He didn't have anyone answer for anything. Like, guys didn't even get benched for not running at balls, all that stuff. Like, he just couldn't do it. And that is something that doesn't work in any major league ballpark, but 
particularly here in Philadelphia, we demand accountability. We demand it. And rightfully so, in my opinion. We demand it. And Gabe Kapler was never able to, to have any sort of accountability in that locker room. Again, we heard the stories after the first year about Fortnite and Carlos Santana having to smash the TV. And then, you know, the next year where, where you know, the Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon thing happens. And, you know, no one ever gets benched. No one ever sits a game when they don't run anything out or when they don't hustle or when this happens or that happens. It didn't, nothing ever. There was no... There was no accountability. No, there was no result to doing that. It just was like, all right, next day, let's keep going. That's never going to fly. And as a manager, I, I don't think Gabe was horrible. Like I said, I think he had some good points, some bad. I think he was overly analytical. I'm someone who likes analytics. I think he was someone who lacked that gut feel, those gut decisions. I think everything was almost based on the numbers instead of, you know, in in a lot of cases, sometimes I think you need to weigh it. I think you need to look at all right, who's the human being that I'm talking about in this situation? How do they respond to different situations? Is this the right situation for me to put this human being in this game, in this spot, whatever? I don't think he did enough of that. I think it was far more based on the numbers, on what the spreadsheet said, on this and that. Like, And I think that's a major flaw. I think if you're going to criticize Gabe for his in-game managing, that's it. I think the bigger criticism of Gabe is a cultural criticism. It's the culture he creates in the clubhouse. It's the, again, lack of accountability. Inmates running the asylum. That whole thing. I think Gabe was far more the friend of his players than their manager. That's the impression we get. That's even what you hear about. That's since guys have, since he's left and guys have talked about it. You know, it seems like they all really liked Gabe as a dude. They all liked working out with him, hanging out with him, whatever. They didn't listen to him. They didn't respect him. They didn't fear him when they needed to. That never happened. And I don't think you could be a successful manager in Philadelphia unless you have those components. That's... What makes going from Joe, from Gabe Kapler to Joe Girardi so important in my book? And you've heard me talk enough about Joe Girardi, but the idea that Joe Girardi comes in with, with a level of cachet and a level of respect that he engenders that Gabe Kapler just didn't have. Joe Girardi steps in as a World Series winning manager. And you've seen him talk. You've seen him talk to Angelo Cataldi. You've seen him do his opening press conference, all that stuff like he has a command of the room that Gabe Kapler didn't. And maybe Gabe will someday. Again, look, Gabe is still green, as it were, as a manager. He is. He's man for two years. It's nothing. Girardi was a manager for the Yankees for a decade, just in New York, and was a Marlins manager before that, and obviously around the game a long time before that as a player and all that stuff too. Girardi is someone who has a long resume, a long history, of being able to step into that room and have everyone in that room listen to that dude. Sorry, that's Joe Girardi. I'm going to listen. Up, oh, Joe Girardi, he, he said I have to do this. I have to do this. There is accountability from the jump with Girardi. It's a professionalism. It's a level of toughness in that locker room. All this type of stuff that, sadly, I just don't think Gabe could ever bring to the table. And again, I really like Gabe Kapler as a guy. I met him one time. He was super nice. He looked me in my eyes and said, what, what's your name? And I said, James. And he's like, James, I got it. And like, 
I feel like if I had seen him again, maybe he would have remembered my name. It was that type of interaction. I thought Gabe was a likable guy, a good guy. And again, I, I do think the players liked him. I just, he just wasn't ready for this job in this city, you know? And again, I don't know if he ever will be, to be fair. He certainly, will, I don't think I'll ever be ready for a job in Philly because he's just not the type of person that we gravitate here to. And, and to be fair, look, if he won games, then we'll gravitate. I mean, we are, win first is, is everything. So we, um... You know, look. If he wins games, we would have we would have found ways to to be more um, malleable with him, more willing to look past certain things or whatever. But his shtick was never going to work here. Like Gabe's whole, you know, oh everybody played great or oh this or that or like it was never going to fly. It just wasn't. It was infuriating. And again, I'm someone who generally, pretty consistently across the board does not care at all what my manager, what my head coach, whatever says to the media. I really don't. I don't care. Like, all I care about is going out and winning games. Like, what do I care if you're telling the truth to the media or not, if you're good with the media or not? Like, Doug Peterson was like a buffoon with the media his first year as head coach, and then guess what? He came back the next year and won the Super Bowl. And even still, he's not, like, the best at it. Like, Whatever. I don't care. Just win games. But when it's something with Gabe Kapler, where first and foremost, he's kind of the face of the team the two years he was here. He's the only person talking after every game, this and that. And and again, I think a lot of the blame goes higher than, than Kapler. I don't think he was necessarily outfitted with the best roster or whatever. But there's a certain point where you can only shine people on for so long. Like, there's a certain point where you just gotta be real. You just have to be willing to say, you know what, we suck tonight. We all sucked. You know who sucked in the third inning? Michael Franco sucked in the third inning. You know who stunk in the fifth inning when this happened? Gene Segura stunk in the fifth inning. You know what I mean? Like, we need... We need honesty. And again, I'm not even saying you have to throw guys under the bus. Just be honest and real. We all saw it happen. The players know. They're not idiots. They 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 were there. They saw the game happen. I actually think they would have respected him more. I think there's a difference between protecting your players, which I think great managers, great head coaches do. They find ways to protect their players when they need to. But at the same time, you also have to find ways to do it while still being real while still keeping it real, particularly in this city of all cities. And it just felt like Gabe could never do that again. The fact that after his first year, Andy McPhail had to ask him, to tell him, to be more critical with the media, he still couldn't do it. That's crazy town. Like, that's insanity to me. How does that happen? How does it happen that Gabe is told by his boss, hey, you got to do this, and he still can't do it? I mean, that's that's nuts. And I know it's not the type of person he is. He seems like a generally positive guy, optimistic dude. That's the way he looks at the world. I get it. Cool. All good, bro. But at a certain point, you lose credibility. That's the issue is Gabe Kapler lost all credibility in Philadelphia. He lost all credibility. We couldn't look at him and take anything he said seriously. Nothing. Nothing. And that's a, that's a problem for a manager in a city. And I, and I think that also permeates through the clubhouse. 
look, we heard enough random quotes from unnamed sources or in some cases named Nick Williams, um, some other guys in the clubhouse who, who flat out ripped Kapler in public. Who had no problem saying, you know, oh, the robot's making a lineup, or oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, or whatever it was. I mean, Pat Neshek did it. We hear a lot of guys do it. There were a lot of guys who came out and just kind of crapped all over Kapler in public and had no problem doing it. I mean, that says something. That's not nothing. You know, that's not meaningless. That these players are willing to openly, publicly dismiss their manager. In front of everyone. Like, that's a big deal. And I think it just symbolizes that Kapler was never able to really control that locker room the way a manager needs to. He was never able to own the room in that way. He was never able to get those guys to believe in him the way he needs to, the way Joe Girardi does. All you have to do is watch Joe Girardi talk once you're like, I will go to war for that guy. I will run through a wall for that guy. I mean, that's what he makes you feel. He engenders that. He engenders that passion, that want to. That never happened with Gabe Kapler. If anything, you're like, this guy. You know, see, that was the way it felt. And again, I know this is somewhat ethereal. This is not a, a fact-based argument. It's more of a feel type of thing. And I get that. I'm totally okay with that. But sometimes that's what matters. You know, sometimes that's the important thing. Again, as a, as a pure X's and O's manager, I don't think Gabe was horrible. I think he was overly analytical. He made too many decisions based on what the computers had to say rather than what his gut had to say. I think that's true. But I don't think he was a disaster. I think he was okay. It's all the other stuff. Combined with the fact that he's not a great, and he's not like a brilliant manager. I don't think he was making brilliant moves. You combine that with the fact that you don't have the leadership abilities. The people in the clubhouse don't believe in you. There's no accountability. You have no ability to be real with anybody publicly. I mean, all these things add up to a situation that was, look, untenable. Gabe got two years here. And how about this? Gabe got two years here. The general manager wanted to keep him. And the owner had to come in and be like, no, 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 no. It's over. Get out of here. We're done. That's it. Like, that's that says something. That is a, a a meaningful thing in my mind. And I think that in two years to get the situation that that spot is someone who wasn't obnoxiously bad. Look, he was two games under 500. He won 80 games in 81. I mean, that's, you know, it's not like the worst thing ever. You know, he was okay. He was two games. He was 161 and 163. I mean, you know, it's not horrendous. A lot of people have not lost their jobs over that type of stuff. It was just that John Middleton to his credit, knew that Gabe Kapler was never going to work in Philadelphia. He was never going to work here. And I appreciate that John Middleton didn't belabor it. Didn't say, oh, you know what, though? He's got a year on his contract. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's give him a shot. I appreciate it. Middleton said, you know what? This isn't going to work. It's not the right guy. Let's go get Joe Girardi. He could be the right guy. I really appreciated that from John Middleton because it was the right decision. Again, I liked Gabe Kapler. I was more on Gabe Kapler's side for the first year he was here than the vast majority of Philadelphians. A lot of people were out on him for the jump. A lot of people were like, nope, not my guy. Go to Cali, bro, or whatever. I mean, that was the sentiment. That was the feeling. 
I wasn't one of those people. I really, truly, honestly gave Gabe a fair shake. I supported him. I rooted for him. I believed in him. But I got to be honest. At a certain point, I have to look inside and say, is this working? Will this work? And the answer to both those questions was an emphatic no. It's not working. It's never going to work. And that was the problem with Gabe. It was the wrong team, the wrong guy, the wrong situation, the wrong city. That's it. That's why Gabe didn't work here. All right, once and for all, we've settled it. So Gabe is not a horrendous manager, but he's not a good one. And he's certainly just not a Philly guy. And that that's honestly what it comes down to. But look, it all worked out. We got Joe G. That's what matters, right? All hail Joe G. That's what I say. Um, all right, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the three days. Uh, enjoy spending time with family. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Take care of yourselves. And hopefully next week we'll have some information when we're back on Tuesday about what's going on with the season, how it's progressing. And hopefully it's positive information because I can't take negative information about this so until then again everyone have a wonderful safe healthy weekend and until tuesday thank you for listening to another edition of phillies today right here on the phillies 24 7 network how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.